Welcome to Cross Pass, the brand new UTMB World Series podcast. Each month, two trail runners, one elite and one amateur, will meet and discuss what trail running means to them. In their conversation, they'll also reveal what drives them in life and how they express it on the hills. They will share their common passions, interests, beliefs, and get to know each other along the way. And so will we. In this sixth episode, Martina Valmesoy, the Italian runner and photographer who won the TDS 2022, meets Charlotte Durieux, a French runner who's trying to make running a part of her ever-changing life. They spoke about their training, how to balance different sports, and learning how to play the guitar. We hope you'll enjoy this privileged moment where they cross paths. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Martina. Really, really nice to meet you. It's nice, yeah, happy to meet you. <laughs> so I will uh, introduce you to the listeners. So Charlotte, you were a gymnast for 15 years, competing at national level here in France, but you choose to focus on your studies and started running at the same time. You studied economic and during your semester abroad in Australia, you started training and triathlon. You moved then in NEC for four years now and tried to find a balance between work, life and sport. In September, you're going to start a new master degree focused on sustainable development and change management. Did I miss something here? No, I guess it's uh, all of my life for now. <laughs> Quite accurate. For you, Martina? I think listeners may know you better than me, but still, uh, you're 34, you were born in Italy, you started cross-country skiing at three, that was young, <laughs> following your parents' steps, and growing up, you started competition, but you didn't have the results you were hoping for, so you moved to ski mountaineering, and then you joined the Italian national team. You won several titles and medals, and in parallel, you started trail running, where you also won several medals and in the last years you won several major races like the Lavaredo Ultra Trail in 2021, the famous TDS last year and this season the Transvolcania. I think we'll speak about it later on but wow. <laughs> you also hold the 24-hour uphill ski record with 17.6k meters. How did you do that? <laughs> uh, all these activities fuel your passion for the mountains and also your job as a freelance photographer and content creator and you also own your own clothing brand for trail runners. Am I right with <laughs> all these details? <laughs> yeah well yeah it seems like uh, a lot like if you put it all together but uh, yeah it's uh, it has been a lifetime <laughs> to, to do all these things so Yeah, but pretty much it sums up most of the things I've done in the past years. So Yeah, are you still skiing the way you used to do when you were young? Uh, yes. So, yeah, I moved from Nordic ski to ski mountaineering, not only for like, because I was not satisfied by results, but also because I just found that after trying ski mountaineering, I was more into the adventure side of the sport. And so that for me was really like much more interesting. It's uh, a little bit maybe something that uh, can happen from someone who's used to run on the road uh, mainly or just like cross country tracks and then they discover trail running where you can just like set up, look at the mountain and then, uh, okay, let's try to get up there. And then you cannot go to the road again. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or you can, but then it's like sporadically. <laughs> and you, when did you start trail running? I was actually starting running on the road first uh, when I started my prep school after high school. I don't know if you are familiar with the prep school, it's a really French thing, but basically you just study, 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 study and study again. So I had to stop my practicing of gymnastics. I tried at the beginning to practice again, but then I was losing my level. I was not able to compete the way I used to, so I was just frustrated and I stopped. But then I had to find a way to, to keep moving, I would say. So running is really easy. You just take your running shoes and then you go outside and you run for an hour and then you go back to your studies. So that's the way I started. But then it was basically 
uh, when I was in Australia and then coming back to Paris, I really discovered the, the wild nature in Australia and I enjoyed it so much. So it was a hard time coming back to Paris for my studies. I was like, okay, I need to keep going outside. I need to find a way to keep this wildlife. So every weekend I was basically on the train straight to the mountain. <laughs> so that's how I started trail run and then I never stopped. <laughs> That's super cool. So you stayed in Australia for how long? Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've been there. Yeah, I'm actually asking because yes, I've been there, but it's a, <laughs> it's a really different story. But it's, it's fun because, uh, yeah, I went there in uh, 2012. For me, it was like, I wanted to go there um, to study English, but it was a, like a sudden decision because I got uh, sick during the winter after few bad races I had uh, during a ski mountaineering season. I remember I was like, I won the first World Cup as a skimo, mm -hmm. but then uh, eventually all my <laughs> races were like going really bad. And then I found out I got like mononucleosis, which was like, yeah, popular at that mm -hmm. time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I decided that rather than wait uh, to heal at home, I was gonna travel and uh, learn English. And so, yes, I went to Australia, but then it's funny because, yes, you got into trail running there and uh, I was personally doing anything <laughs> there. <laughs> I was just hanging out and yeah, drinking, I, I would say, too. But, <laughs> well, I hope my mom won't listen. I mean, she knew because she saw all the pictures that I was hanging out with my Brazilian classmates and there was really no, not much sport involved. I tried uh, three times to go running and I remember I just felt miserable and I was like, okay, eventually now. I will do some sports when I go back home. <laughs> Were you at least surfing? Like uh, there? Yeah, well, if I Trying. try, I almost stand up for about two seconds. <laughs> I was uh, kneeling surfing, like I, I was just like four-legged surfing. I, I can picture that. I, yeah, 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 yeah. But also did not last long and I don't think I'm really good at water sports. You're better on the... Yeah, the as soon as it's not raining on trails that I get wet, I don't think I will ever succeed in a triathlon or races like that. So you will have to tell me more about triathlon because I really don't have, I have no idea and I don't know how to swim even though my mom sent me to <laughs> swimming classrooms uh, when I was a kid. Well, I actually started triathlon because of running, running, running and running again. At that time I was in Paris, so I was road running and that injures my knees. And my physiologist at that moment, he told me whether you stop or you just find a way to move, but another way to move. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's try another thing. So I started to cycle and swim and that's how I started triathlon. And I actually really like it because you have a better balance in your practicing. It's not just the same all the time. It's not, I wouldn't say running is boring because I love that. But then when you try to find a balance in your week, doing other things, it's way better. Still, I'm not a super athlete in marathon. I'm not the best swimmer ever, <laughs> but I like it. And I like the way you can discover the nature with another another practice. Swimming is just you and the water. Uh, you cannot speak, you cannot do anything else but swimming and maybe meditate when you swim. So yeah, you should try. It's really a, a nice, nice practice. Thank you. <laughs> but no. <laughs> yes, I will think about it. But I had some, I tried a, a few times and most people start uh, swimming because they get injured at some point, <laughs> most yeah. runners at least. And uh, I did that last fall. I agree that after a while it, like, it's, it's a good meditation, but I just can't stand. <laughs> I am okay. really not a water person. And every time I was like actually meditating and I was like, oh, this is cool. Then I eventually I was knocking my head okay. at the end of the swimming pool and I was like getting so frustrated. And I'm like, okay, I need to get better and, <laughs> and get out of this swimming pool.
I'm doing uh, ultra running now, it's um, there's a lot of time on your leg, and so like being able to uh, to switch sports and just like take off the load from the knees <laughs> and ankles and so on, it's good and it's still like a, a really good training. It's an amazing strength training and uh, also for this UTMB I did my bike tour as last year, so I'm it makes me happy and it also gives me strength. Where did you go with your bike tour? This year I had two weeks, like more free, where I knew I could uh, spend the most time on the bike. So I was working here in Chamonix for the Marathon du Mont Blanc. From here I left my van and I decided I wanted to visit a friend of mine in Andorra. So <laughs> Nice ride. <laughs> yes, I always find uh, good excuses, like it's not only training, I'm like I'm trying to put together other <laughs> motivational things. And um, also another thing is that I don't know much the south of France. And um, so I decided to go from here to Bordeaux, just because <laughs> there was like, uh, it was, I think it was an interesting town to visit. And then it was easy to fly back uh, to Geneva to then uh, get to my van again. But yeah, I rode for two weeks, uh, 13 days, one day of running in Andorra, 1,800 kilometers, uh, 30,000 meters with uh, all the bags on my bike. <laughs> that wow. was like my strength training for UTMB. And yeah. hopefully it will work. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, or And if not, I had an amazing time riding my bike. I got through any kind of weather. First week was like raining and quite miserable, but... Uh, less hot and so I kind of enjoyed <laughs> and less crowded the roads and then the second week was terribly hot and so that was really challenging but but this yeah. is actually something so interesting like what do you think what push you when you are like I want to stop <laughs> what yeah. keeps you moving actually I think these kind of trips, uh, like they translate into racing. That's also why I, I really like to do that. Because yeah, first, I think it's something you choose to do, right? Eventually, even if you choose to do that, you know that you will have a hard moment like in a race. And so if you go through these hard moments, but you know that what you are doing, even if in that exact moment, it sucks a lot, <laughs> you have choose to do that. And so it's like eventually you will be satisfied because you went through a hard moment. Mm. So I really think that you need to have the right motivation to do a race or to do an adventure. I'm not saying that uh, it's not cool to do something to just show it on social media or just to be proud of you with your, with your friends uh, or whatever, but sometimes uh, this motivation is not enough. I've been racing and I've been, yeah, I've, I've been doing things with, um, not only because of this, but the main reason was like, oh, okay, I need to prove I'm good at this. I need to show other people that uh, I can be the best in this or whatever. And whenever there was a, even a little problem, it was so easy to quit because like the motivation was not true to wh who I was and true to myself anyway. Right now I feel like I can go through like really hard moments or really tough time because I know that what I'm doing is I choose to do it and I'm doing it for the yourself. way I want it. And uh, yeah, and it's for myself. And at the end, of course, we are always really happy if uh, we win a race or we if we achieve something but it really needs personal reward because if you always wait a crowd to just like cheer you on uh, eventually at some point you need to fail if you want to grow in your career or in your life you need to fail at some point and so you need to accept that uh, to be growing and to succeed in something you need to make mistakes and uh, you need to go through hard moments but yeah. that's actually a good point because I think today in this social media world so many athletes are just 
sports um, amateurs. They just do it to show that they can do it. And you know, it's like this Strava phenomenon. It's like, <laughs> yes. if it's not on Strava, it's not happening. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah, I, I really enjoy hearing people like you saying like, I'm doing it for me and not for the others, not to show that I can do it. Because it's, um, I think it's not the nature and the, the essence of sports back in the time sport was just practicing and yeah. doing doing it for yourself and I try to always remember that I do it for myself and it's so cool to see people performing like the way you would do and still enjoying it for yourself and growing and knowing that it's your personal thing. Yeah, I think it's important also because it's it's really easy to get trapped by social media and I've been working as a community manager uh, <laughs> for many years and uh, and also, yes, I've been uh, posting on my personal page uh, since more than 10 years now. And I liked it and I enjoy being able to somehow to motivate people to start running or to do something at all. But also I can see the other face of social media that even if I know well how it works, sometimes even for me, I like see a post and I'm like, ah, I, I should be doing more or I look how cool this person is like <laughs> I, so you always have you even sometimes you know if you look at yourself and you you look at yourself on social media it's like you are the same person but it of course the appearance is different you look cooler <laughs> yeah because uh, it's how it works nobody likes the gray moments nobody likes uh, the normal things nobody will enjoy you posting about your daily life or like maybe eventually one day but then it, <laughs> they will get bored so of course you need to decide where you want to what's your space in social media and of course you need to be posting the highs and the lows because are the things that people is uh, the most interested in but of course it's not the reality because even if you go if you walk through the streets of Chamonix you don't see in the windows um, the average outfits from a brand <laughs> you just see the most colorful or the the most normal outfit because it's someone really loves to be just like plain colors and nothing crazy and someone else just loves the crazy colors and so the average is not cool <laughs> for every for anyone but the reality is that uh, even on like yeah even uh, if you have um, amazing highlights in your life most days is average so we always have to remember that um, what we see on social media is really not the real life so, yeah, uh, are you still swimming and uh, besides trail running or you want to switch more to trail? How's your life now? No, um, I used to say that I'm practicing and I'm not training. So I do whatever I feel like doing at the moment. So um, I'm swimming, I'm running, I'm hiking and sometimes I'm not doing anything sometimes <laughs> so um, I keep swimming and I keep trail running I prefer trail running this is something that I really feel good at doing but I would say that now my practice has evolved a bit I'm not practicing so much for races uh, with an objective I used to but now I'm just trying to find adventure and uh, this is what I really like so um, each time someone can tell me what do you feel like doing or do you feel like doing this with me I'm like yes <laughs> I used to say that I'm a yes girl I never know how to say no this is the way I'm practicing I'm just going from something to another and I don't really mind if I perform or not I used to uh, having this competitive uh, spirit when I was practicing gymnastics, but now I'm like, I will never be like a pro. I will never be such an athlete. I'm doing well. I know that I could have capabilities to do better, uh, but for that, I would have to train and not just to practice. So um, yeah, I don't know, like a few weeks back we've done with some friends Ansi Chamonix mm, um, nice. by running and this is for me the kind of adventure I really like it's like okay this is just next door it took me an hour today to come with a, a car but what could be 
uh, the experience of doing it running. Yeah. And that was amazing. That wasn't the, the trip we expected for because of the weather, because of everything you can meet in the mountain, you yes. know. Uh, we had to stop, we had to go back to some points, we had to uh, take a hotel and not go to the, <laughs> the place we were expected to. But what an adventure. So, yeah, this is the way I'm practicing today. Uh, have you ever been here, like, spectating at the UTMB courses? Are you thinking of maybe trying one? Did you try one? No, I was supposed to last year. Okay. I, I was uh, picked up for the OCC. Mm -hmm. And quite lucky, actually, because it was the first time I registered for the race. But I got a really bad COVID uh, oh. last year, so I couldn't race. <laughs> yeah, okay. And that wasn't easy, actually, because it took me six months to recover. So it was the whole season of running, yeah. of cycling. I couldn't do anything. I think it's a bit like your mononucleosis. It's yeah. like I was just expecting to walk from my room to another one, not being so tired. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I, I wish I, I could in the future go back to a UTMB race. I don't know which one. Maybe it could be one day the UTMB. But if it's another one, if it's uh, any race, I just want to feel this. I don't know, I try not to have too high expectations for the future. Uh, it's been two seasons I have uh, COVID, so <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't deal with that anymore. <laughs> so I know that I want to do some races. If it's next year, it will be. If it's the year after, it will be. Or I don't know, I, I just take time, I just enjoy, I just do the things when I feel. So I will keep trying because for the UTMB it's not really the year you want to. You have to yeah. get some luck to get registered, but yeah, it will be at one time. Yeah, I think also like this kind of, uh, yeah, the bad luck sometimes uh, with this. Yeah, it really is really not something easy to digest, I guess, uh, at the moment, especially. But then uh, it gives perspective anyway, and uh, it's always like uh, you. Sometimes we feel like we can do anything, but then uh, there's things we can't control that <laughs> gets sure. in the way, and yeah. we have to accept it and uh, continue our life and just That's like it. set the mind for a next yeah. uh, goal or adventure or whatever. And because like being frustrated for a long time doesn't take us anywhere. And no. so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, I mean, it, it's easier said than done because of course, like yeah. when you train hard for something and then it's like, but that's actually the way you learn. It's yeah. like, it really helps me to, to listen to my body, to uh, remember that we cannot do anything at any moment yeah. and we have to uh, be aware of the capabilities we have at that one moment. And actually I got COVID and then I was racing for UT4M in Grenoble. Okay. I went to the race and I was running and I ran until the end, but that was so stupid because I was sick. Yes. But at that moment I didn't know that I got COVID. It, it was actually a time that I, I was like, okay, so it, it is the end. This race will, will lead me to the death. It's like, <laughs> no way I can survive to that. But still, I wanted to finish. Yes. Yeah, this can tell you a lot about uh, how, like, yeah, you might have been super weak in your body, but like the, the head is there, you know, yeah. the head doesn't but get affected. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's, it's like the head can go too far or yeah, like it. yeah. <laughs> it's good when the both the head and the body are working together mm -hmm. and are talking together yeah. because yes uh, I have to say that also myself I have a stronger mind than body and sometimes my mind wants to go farther or like harder and yeah. my body's like hey what's happening oh, here what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing stop it <laughs> so yeah. eventually eventually yeah the body decides to stop but um yeah that's the same and so i think as you said before it's just like sometimes you have to go super down to remember okay cool down that's okay <laughs> yes <laughs> Do you have other interests like hobbies and besides running and swimming and all this cool stuff? I actually pra uh, practice, I don't know if it's practice, but it's like I'm in a musical. Ah, nice. Yeah. Singer? 
Yeah. Oh wow, um, I'm really jealous. <laughs> I just sing in the shower. But that's good. Uh, when that's there's how it nobody starts. even like close to the apartment or <laughs> yeah, I will be embarrassed. Or or like I sing when I drive with the do radio you? really loud. Yeah, because I don't do have to listen to myself. Other people can actually hear you when you do that. <laughs> okay, I will stop singing in my car then. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for ruining my day. Keep <laughs> doing. No. Yeah, I, I sing and I practice like dancing when we do that. So I really enjoy it. It's something that I, I really enjoyed since I was a little girl. It's a really good balance with uh, sports. It is a complete different atmosphere and you also get to know really different people and sometimes people that doesn't practice at all sports, any kind of sports, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, it's good to take a look um, far from this sport bubble mm -hmm. and living in Nancy, everyone is practicing, everyone is running, everyone is riding a bike and then it's really just cool to think about anything else, to escape from another like uh, word and it's really something that also cooled me down and yeah, I really like it. When I was young, I wish I could be a singer, like, you know, a pro singer, super. Yes. <laughs> I, I still wish I can be a, like um, a guitar player or yeah, even a singer. No. Okay. That's why I wish. Have you already tried? <laughs> yeah, I tried, but I think, yeah, probably I was not super motivated or I didn't have like the right teacher or like, mm. yeah, the right mentor because I just remember we were playing this for like a year long and then at some point I was like, okay, I don't want to do this <laughs> it's like it's not fun i want to play cool music but uh, at that time i was like i didn't have someone who was teaching me the cool stuff but uh eventually you know it's there's still time but i feel you i i have a guitar mm -hmm. it's been 10 years since i want to play guitar okay. but each time i'm like this is too hard. <laughs> I cannot do that. It's it's not for me and I keep trying. So every year I think I have my guitar moments <laughs> and then I quit and then I try again and I try again. So I think one day I can do that. So yes. maybe we should say today okay. like, okay, we start and let's have a call in a year. Like, okay. do you? And we continue. <laughs> like we start and we continue. Okay. Okay. Deal. Okay. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, these kind of things. It's always like this. Whenever you start something new, it's really difficult to keep on going, especially when I think it's also like when you are used to be doing something really well, then you kind of like set a high standard. And I'm not saying that I just want to jump into Jimi Hendrix mode, <laughs> but I would like to just like don't uh, just play the, the dumbest uh, music ever. But yes, it's always like a reminder that uh, sometimes we take for granted what we are really good at. That, uh, yeah, we don't imagine how hard it can be for someone to just start and run on trails or just like look at the mountain and it's like, okay, let's climb it. It's cool sometimes to to see ourselves from afar and it's like, okay, even if today like the training was not good or like I didn't have a good day, it's like, it's still a pretty good day because I've been able to do something or if, because I'm dedicating my time uh, to something, so. On social networks and everywhere we always see you so happy and enthusiastic and everything but I guess we all have bad days and you said it before. I get so. grumpy, I get grumpy <laughs> and I get uh, miserable <laughs> as well like everyone. <laughs> Honestly yes I have a positive mindset. My whole life Luckily, I always try to see the, the glass half full rather than uh, half empty. <laughs> but, um, but yes, I have bad days like uh, everyone. And like, yeah, as I told you before this interview, like I had a really amazing training leading into this race. And, and then this past week, I have been feeling uh, really tired. First of all, I thought, okay, it's normal tapering, you know. And then um, this feeling was not really going away. And then I was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> so even like my silver lining, my positivity uh, started to fade because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Then probably was the heat or whatever, but I'm keeping positive And uh, sometimes you just have to accept that it's not. It doesn't have to go like everything. Sometimes it's not smooth. So, yeah, you have to accept that. But still, I'm trying to see the positive in this too. I like to do 
different things. I actually like when uh, you have a good period of a lot of training where somehow you you squeeze males and work. You can do so much when you are doing so much. It's mm. incredible. And then, <laughs> and then you always say, okay, uh, it will be so good when uh, the two weeks before the race where I will have so much free time because I, I'm not out training. And then you just feel like a jellyfish <laughs> because you have no energy and you can't even look at your phone and your mail. And it's like, all right. I don't know where the energy is at the moment. It's probably just going into my legs and <laughs> to replenish all the hours of training. And it's the the good balance, and that is actually what I'm looking for in life: the great balance in between everything. So practicing sports, doing cultural activities, having your personal life, your family time, your friends' life, and there's so much going on, and trying to find like. The balance, <laughs> yes. rebalance every time and, and trying to, to find yourself in that path. Cool. Yeah. Going back to your practice, I was just curious about when and how do you realize that you really, you are capable of doing amazing things, like all the races you won and maybe if we speak about the last ones, like the TDS, this is a huge thing here in Chamonix. I've been racing like for many, many years now, and um, I've changed the kind of like focus, but I've always been into races somehow. They have never been like my only goal. Maybe in the past when I was doing more ski mountaineering, when I was following the World Cup, I was um, somehow more focused into results. But then eventually I realized that was not the right motivation for me. And then when I started to do trail running races more, back in 2015, when I started to work with Salomon as a content creator, I was like always surrounded by these amazing athletes, always following them to take pictures. And eventually you learn from like being with the best, you learn a lot. And even if you get your ass kicked <laughs> most times, because it's like, like at the beginning, you know, or like often I, I was like frustrated because I was like, I always had to work so hard to be with them, even just like to take some pictures. You feel that um, you are not good enough, you're not fit enough. But then putting things in perspective is like, okay, I'm still running with some of the best athletes in the world. So if I'm struggling a bit because I'm working with them, actually, it's okay because uh, I'm not training with them. This is still my work. So then I realized that I could be good at this if I was um, actually focusing more. So yeah, in like recently I've been able to switch to dedicate more time into running and a little bit less into working. So lucky you. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, and um, so I've been doing races now few races a year but it was always like I want to do a race I have to see like my working calendar and then squeeze a race in now and then a race that still motivates me but also like that uh, I'm able to train for it so I would say that until COVID years it was more like okay I have some more free time here let's try to prepare for this race so I've never been at 100% or I mean I, I was at 100% for that time but I was aware that I could have done better with more time or like just with more focus but at that time for me it was good because uh, my main thing was working and in the past yeah after Covid like I mean I was working from home we had amazing season in skiing and and I decided um, that winter I decided I wanted to try this uh, 24 hours world record it was a, like, like, I would have never done this thing. <laughs> it's just because I had a lot of free time, I think, and, and was a, a big challenge and a challenge that I could set myself. After doing that, I think I realized that uh, I was able to do big things if I wanted to, if I was motivated enough to dedicate myself to a personal challenge or to a race. So then after that, um, I was uh, inspired by these races of UTMB, but I somehow I was not so inspired by UTMB itself because I 
always thought somehow that it was like a too fast for me, too runnable, or maybe just too long. <laughs> but this uh, TDS was like kind of intriguing me because it was more technical, more it suited more like my strengths. And so I entered it in 2021. But of course, uh, in, at the same time, I wanted to do this race, but I wanted to do also some other things. <laughs> and so basically, yeah, I think I was fit, but I was not fit enough for the race because I had like, I did the race across France, uh, cycling. And so I just mixed uh, too many things. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to drop that year after 100k. Okay. I was happy to do that. I mean, of course, I was disappointed, but I was I knew it was the right thing to do at that time because I didn't want to get injured. Did you know at that moment that you would come back on the TDS? Yes. I mean, I I knew that I was quitting not because I was uh, not leading the race or like these reasons. It was really like because I had mechanical problems. I knew that if I would have continued, I'm, there were like high chances to get injured and I didn't want to do that. But I really like this race, so I need to come better prepared. And so it's uh, what I did the year after that. I still did my cycling adventure, but I did it with better timing. And I had, yeah, I had the luck to have more time to actually focus on the race. And then uh, that year I won the race and I had a really great time. I, it's a really a course that I have enjoyed, even though it, it's really, really hard. <laughs> and even on a perfect day, because I think I really had a good day last year, but I had like terrible moments. An ultra is, uh, is like that. Not that I'm an expert because that was my <laughs> only really long race, but yes, Eventually, at some point, uh, your legs are not able to go down or like they are, but they are not happy about it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I think you just have to accept that um, you need to go through really hard moments, even on the best day uh, during an ultra. I'm really looking forward to what's going to be this, this UTMB this year because... Uh, How do yeah. you feel about this? Yeah, I feel excited. Maybe, maybe we should just say that now we are recording, it's a week. A An week. exact week before the UTMB. Yes, it's one week until UTMB and few more hours. <laughs> and uh, no, it's, um, it's a different challenge. As I said before, I was like, ah, no, no, I would never do UTMB. I don't like the course. But also, I was saying this because I always worked at UTMB. You just see like all really good people at the beginning or really miserable <laughs> people at the end. <laughs> But uh, somehow it's like, it's Choose super... who you want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, now I need to, you know, you have your own strategy in your mind where the best scenario is that I'm really far away at the beginning. So in Saint-Gervais, I'm in the pack. Nobody cares about me. No one looks at me and I'm comfortable running an easy pace, the pace that I'm supposed to be running afterwards. So not looking that amazing at the start, but trying to keep going and then not looking miserable at the end. Yeah. So that's the strategy I have in my mind. But <laughs> that's really, I don't know. I hope it's gonna happen, but uh, we'll see. But also, yeah, it's so easy just to have a plan and then just derail from it. I think I... I am good at pacing myself. All the races I've done, I've, I've done pretty good work there. But also this race, it's different, I think, because it, it there's even if you're not someone who stress about like, yeah, the day before the race or like expectations, there's still like such a big race with everyone at the start that is really almost impossible not to get the vibes from it. So like in a good way and in a bad way. <laughs> and I think also it's normal to feel this way because it's gonna be my first hundred miles. And uh, even though like TDS is part of the UTMB, it's such a more low key race compared to UTMB, CCC and OCC that uh, doesn't give you as much like attention and it's gonna be fun and I'm I'm really looking forward to race and also to compete with these 
other amazing women that, yeah, most of them are my friends. So it's really cool because I have so much respect for them, for like all of them, not just because of athletic uh, achievements, you know, just like as person. You spoke about the way you prepare for this UTMB. Are you really focused on your training plan? Is it easy for you to keep this discipline? How do you say you prepare for a race, for such a race, I would say? I don't have a coach, so sometimes uh, I feel I know more or less what to do. I mean, I know because otherwise I, I've seen that I got some good results from <laughs> my personal way of training myself. But sometimes it's tricky because you don't know if you are doing enough or too much. And um, for this race, I, I think I trained right or I trained like as I planned. Last year I had this big injury uh, in the fall. And so like one of the things I was missing early in the season, it was like strength. So that's also why I decided to do after Transvulcania and after World Championships uh, to take a break, of course, to rest a bit and then um, start to build up. But first with the bike to have a quite a big block of strength training because I don't like the gym and I really don't, <laughs> I'm not really motivated to go to the gym. So I much rather carry lots of things in, on my bike and uh, push through the mountains. And then after that, I had to switch to running because of course I didn't want to make the same mistake I did in 2021. So for a running race, you still need to be running mostly. <laughs> and yeah, I did um, three weeks of big blocks in the mountains. And uh, now it's, it, it will be like 10 days of tapering which has, I've been tapering more than what I planned because I wasn't feeling really good. But also, yeah, that's part of a plan, accepting that the plan can go wrong. <laughs> so it's okay. And I still have time to feel better, I think. Sometimes you can do everything perfectly in training and then somehow have a really bad day. Or you can maybe arrive uh, at the start line more rested than fit and have an amazing race. So it's really like if there was um, a simple rule, everyone would just stick to it and, <laughs> and go with it. So we will all be successful. But as we see every year, especially this race, it's insane because it's like the start line is like potentially 20, 25 people can win the race. Maybe not if Killian is there or if Courtney is there. There's like the percentage <laughs> is dropping a little. <laughs> a lot, let's say. Maybe Courtney this time, like she ran already two ultra, 200 miles. So it's just like the percentage is growing a little bit, but I still think she's going to be amazing. Yeah, anyway, let's say there's like 25 person that can be on the podium. And then in Courmayer, it's already... It's already a different scenario, and then in Champelac is a different scenario, and then sometimes uh, we have seen that people that was not on the best athletes list, they are in, up in the front because there's so many variabilities in this race, and um, that's why it's so interesting and, and so cool to follow. I think photography is a big part of your life too. Tell us about it. How did you start? When were you taking your first picture in the nature? So I always liked to take pictures. Even when I was a kid, you know, you were going on the school holidays and I was always bringing my like, yeah, tiny cameras, like the one you you just... Uh, Disposable ones. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the Kodak, the yellow one. And um, where, of course, you just take crappy pictures, but it's still cool to have them. <laughs> Then I started art school. So somehow I've always been like interested in colors and just like photography in general. But I bought my first camera when I was um, 18. At first it was really like yeah, pictures up in the mountains or just going around my little village, uh, taking pictures of random cats or the house or like my parents, you know, just trying to play with the light, with the lens. It was always cool because it's like with a 
more professional camera you feel like okay i'm i'm a good photographer because <laughs> all the pictures with a with a professional camera are looking better i mean if you don't completely miss all the settings but even on auto mode <laughs> normally the, the, you have a better result after that i always tried whenever i had free time that i was going in the mountain to bring my camera so that i have um, a different memory and then eventually when i was working uh, more i had to leave it home because yeah you can't do everything you know Yeah, I was happy that um, I was still able to squeeze sometimes to just, even if it was just, uh, okay, I'm going holidays, but then I bring my camera so to create memories from the holidays or just like this race, I'm not competing. So I go there to cheer my friends and I take pictures of them. So it, it started a little bit like that. And so then it become a work when... Yeah, I got asked by Salomon that I was like they were looking for camera runners, which was something new at that time. Now it's it's funny because it's it's insane how the sport has evolved there. Uh, even here we can see with the live and everything. It's it's incredible. You can spectate the whole race, which is a long race, <laughs> live uh, because of these amazing camera runners. I feel grateful for the opportunity and but at the end yes of course I was not the best photographer and I was not the best runner but um at that time there were not so much people that was able to run like being fit enough to follow amazing runners up the trails and still taking pictures that were not blurred with a finger in front you know <laughs> so really low standards i <laughs> <Let's> say <laughs> no no it was like a little bit higher standard but i'm kidding i hope uh, so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah even though i i did like the rookie mistakes i don't know i remember my first years in now like Ah, uh, damn, it was uh, so stressful. I was always so stressed when there was Kilian racing. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, I remember the day before the race, we were going on a shakeout run and Kilian was there, of course. And I, was, I brought the camera and everything. I was like, okay, I'm gonna take the best pictures. And then eventually we were already out and I realized I forgot the battery of my camera. And I was like, no way, no way, I forgot the battery. What do I do? What do I do? I wanted to cry because I was like, I don't even know what to say to my boss. I'm like, uh, okay, it's like the only run we have, Kilian. And so I now it's the moment you take your iPhone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the iPhone. Luckily, is uh, the um, what saved me. And basically not just the iPhone, you know, but <laughs> it was just like at the end, uh, I was so frustrated all the run. And just at the end, like the last five minutes, I think, He saw me that he, I was like super stressed and frustrated and worried <laughs> that I was about to lose my job like <laughs> really early in, in the early stages. And he just made a silly jump in front of me. And I had this photo of him jumping on the river with an iPhone. So it was not an, an amazing picture, but was Killian jumping a river with a funny face. Which and it was like the most enough. liked picture in the Salomon running page that year. And I was like, deal. Okay, nobody <laughs> even cared. I forgot like the, the, the camera, but it's like, you always try, need to be positive. But if you have a, a Killian jumping uh, in front of you to save uh, your bad day, yeah, then, then you are lucky. If not, <laughs> it's more difficult. <laughs> Three, two, one. Okay, so Martina, I think we know each other well. So I think it's time to play a little game, if you want to. Yes. I have three fun facts about me, and you will have to find the true one. Okay. Only one is true, the other one are false. The first one is, I love to sing. I'm part of a musical in Annecy. At a time, I almost got casted to sing in the French version of Les Miserables. But because of a long COVID, I couldn't get to the final auditions. The second one is in Australia, when I was living there, I was surfing with some friends and on that day I forgot my lenses, so I was in the blur. Um, <laughs> even though I was quite happy to see a dolphin fin pass me by, a friend next to me I was surfing with, she wasn't so happy at this moment because it was actually not a dolphin. 
but it was a shark fin. So we came back quickly on the land, really quickly, trust me. <laughs> and locals, they were not really scared at it because like they said, you know, there are always sharks in the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true thing. <laughs> so there was the second one. And last one, I'm a really, really big fan of the series Friends. I've watched the whole show at least six, maybe seven times. <laughs> and last year I went to see a, a sold out exhibit in Paris. And I have to say that I got so excited about it that I went there two hours before the opening. Just <laughs> actually no one was waiting there, but just me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to go there. <laughs> so that's the last one. Hmm. This is interesting. I don't know. <laughs> as much as I trust your love for friends, I don't feel you have such a free time to see the series six times because I've watched it twice and it takes a long time. So if you watch it six times, you are really, I don't think you would ever get a degree in the same time. <laughs> so I think that's false. Okay, true. All right. And I have to tell you, I haven't <laughs> seen it once. I'm, I'm doing it right now, but it's like, one episode in a week and it's 20 minute episodes so yeah. it takes i watch it during it really COVID, takes so. time <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so i was like i know uh, you got me until one point and then you said six times like, okay no no it's false <laughs> it's far. false it's too much it's too much <laughs> you okay. don't have a personal life otherwise <laughs> so okay then i would say that the first one so that you almost got casted for uh, les miserables so now you can also Applaud me for my French. <laughs> it's true and the shark, it's false. Wrong. Mm -mm. oh, <laughs> I, I have to say, uh, we were actually playing Les Miserables in Nancy last year, okay. but it wasn't like a pro show. Okay. <laughs> and I got COVID, but it wasn't the reason why I wasn't in right. Les Miserables. <laughs> okay, so you, you have seen a shark. Yeah, I was going back to the land and telling my friend, don't go there, there is a shark. And they were like, Charlotte, yes, but then, and I was like, don't go there. <laughs> and I was like, there's always sharks. Okay, so I stay there and I look at you. <laughs> I'm glad you're safe and you're here. Yes. Yes, cool. So um, let's see if you are better than me. Hmm. I discovered a passion for knitting during my injuries. So I created socks for a clothing company I worked for at that time. Rather than only drawing it, I knit it. That's the first thing. Second thing, I'm terrified of cows. To the point that on a run, I once took a bigger loop just to avoid one. It was already a big run. And then I, I like to garden, but it's really not so easy to do so when you're traveling with a van. But a friend of mine offered me his indoor garden with like... He, he couldn't take care of, of, of it. So there were different kind of herbs and, and there was also a really cute bonsai tree to take care of. And uh, so I got in charge of it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, same thing that you just said before. I think you don't have any time to knit a whole collection of, <laughs> of socks. Oh, I don't remember what you said. So I think the first one is wrong. Okay, um, you win this time. For the one after, it could be the cow, and that is funny. Hopefully you won't have any cow on your path during the UTMB. <laughs> and I, uh, I would say it's that one which is uh, right, because the last one, I still cannot figure out how you can have a whole garden in your van. Yeah, Even no, that's why I had to take care of the one of a friend. Yeah, sure, but I would say the second one is it's the right one. Okay, so you won. Yeah, yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking bigger loops even on TDS, just like to go no around way. cows even during the night, even if they were sleeping. But yeah, I got bad encounters with cows and so I don't trust them anymore. <laughs> so, okay, so you're telling us that you want the TDS even escaping from each cow on your path? No, they're like, I'm not saying, I mean, we can say that and make it like, wow, a big thing because there's a lot of cows. Uh, but no, I had to make like some weird turns, but it has happened in every race because uh, the world champion, uh, no, in Transvulcania was perfect. There's no cows on Transvulcania, yeah. you know? So you go there, if you have a problem with cows, go to Transvulcania, there's no cows. <laughs> so you will have no problem. <laughs>
I think we can go to the community questions. Yes. Uh, nice. The UTMB asked the community if they wanted to ask you some things. So I'll be the spokesperson for those questions. Yeah. The first one is a question from Danny Moreno. The question is, at what age did you get your first camera? And I think we answered before, but just... Yeah, I don't know exactly. I think it was maybe like at eight. It was like not really my camera, but like was my parents' camera that I kind of stole. But like the first good camera was at 18. Yeah, that I bought with my money. I was like, okay, this is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Good achievement. Yes. Another one is more about how to be an elite uh, in the sport. It's from Lucia. Uh, The question is, do you feel a new kind of pressure on your results since you joined an elite team? Yeah, for sure it's different because before I was always like playing the game of, uh, well, you know, I'm I'm still like, I'm working and then I find the time to train and uh, nobody expects things from me. So it's kind of like takes away some pressure when, of course, now it's more like, hey, you know, you can do well at UGMB. I'm like, "Uh, well, (laughs) leave me alone. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) let me do my thing. So, yeah, I'm... I'm not someone who stresses so much about it because also, yeah, I know that it def- normally doesn't really do any good <laughs> when you stress for things like that. But also, yeah, it's true that um, it's like it's a, another work, it's another job. So as I was stressed uh, for the shooting, the photo shooting I had the day before uh, Sierra Zinal with Kilian, I am stressed for this race because it's part of my job now. So it's even though it's uh, like there's so many more variabilities, um, you, you kind of want to like deliver the best work possible. So yes, of course you feel some pressure, but I also think that um, we need to, it's part of the game to accept that um, a bad day can happen. And so it still doesn't mean that you're not a capable runner or a capable athlete, that uh, even the best athletes sometimes have a bad day. And so, like embracing this and accepting that you can have a bad day or like even if the race doesn't go as you plan or as you wished you can still be someone to follow or someone to respect uh, yeah i mean i think yeah that's important it and it takes away a little bit of pressure but of course it's normal to feel that way yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just to finish together, you could tell us what would be the next challenge you want to achieve for, let's say, the next 10 years? Who? Five years. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, like in terms of athletic career, I still would like to do other things. And like in terms of racing, I would like maybe, you know, to do hard rock 100 ones and maybe do La Diagonale de Fou. I have some like running projects that I would like to achieve uh, when I'm still like young enough to be performing there kind of. And also like personal project. I don't know, maybe make, mixing my passion of, for cycling, for like touring with the bike and running. So to maybe traverse a country, I don't know, like things like that. I think uh, they're really appealing for me. But beside that, like more like about personal goals is, yeah, in five years, maybe to have um, a family and just like having to balance a little bit more things than just uh, running and work or just like, let's say, a more selfish way of living because it's still like, I mean, dedicating most of my times to personal goals or like personal project is great but I also I'm really someone who loves to do things for other people and I really would love to dedicate lots of my energy to yeah to yeah have my own family and things like that so I see myself uh, there in uh, hopefully five ten years uh, the latest I hope but uh, we don't say it out loud because you know (laughs) you never know when you say these things (laughs) but yeah let's say this and you? Before I tell you, do not forget that you have to learn how to play the guitar. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. Uh, I think I have a huge challenge next year, starting from scratch a new career, uh, going back to school and trying to find a new, a new balance in my life. This is the, the main uh, challenge that I see in the next years. And then same way as you said, it's just like building up the family and trying to keep sharing the moment in the mountain, the nature and, and trying to find the right path for the future. Um, just going on. <laughs> That's great. I like it. And you have to be a singer and uh, playing uh, something too. <laughs> Not just don't leave me like with an instrument yeah, alone. Sure, I will. I will. We'll play the guitar together. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. Cool. So it was really great uh, to speak with you, Martina. I'm really glad, glad that I, I got the chance to meet you today. Yes. Likewise. And I wish we can meet together in the future. Maybe I'll be there for the finish line of the, the UTMB. I hope yeah. I'll see you happy there. Yes, you can come at the start and then at the finish and then you can do like the okay. before and after. Okay. So it's really I can easy, do that. easy social media <laughs> creation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just go at the start or the finish of a long race and then you have the result you wanted. <laughs> or okay. even the one you don't want it, but you have some kind of result. <laughs> I'll do that and I wish you all the best for the race and everything. Thank you. Thanks so much. All the best for next year. Thank yeah. Thank you. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this moment and found some inspiration to get out on the trail paths. If you did, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with a friend, a colleague, or someone you just crossed paths with. If you don't want to miss the next episode, subscribe to the podcast and follow at UTMB World Series on social media. We will be back next month for a new extraordinary meetup. Stay tuned. Super and I'm nice. not kidding well, with the guitar thing. I'll have yeah. a look at your social media. Yeah, no, I need to. <laughs> I have a stress. <laughs>